Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Glad you're with us today on a day in which the weather is going to start to turn and it's going to look more Novemberish than it would be, say, September-ish uh, as we've had some really nice uh, weather here as of late, but it's going to start to turn today, oddly enough, with the rain and the wind. Today is the 45th anniversary of the Edmund Fitzgerald wreck, uh, so immortalized in the Gordon Lightfoot song. But uh, today is today is that day, and uh, uh, November tenth, nineteen seventy five, when that took place. Unfortunately, so that tragedy happened. Uh, but anyway, just uh, kind of ironic that we've got uh, high winds and we've got rain and some sun and a lot of gray, cloudy skies and just you know ugh, weather as uh, November starts to really kick in. Speaking of kicking in, the Packers offense uh, hopes to get some of its players back this weekend against Jacksonville, really get geared up for that stretch run. Eight games in a row, as we heard uh, Matt LaFleur talk about a little bit earlier. And joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, the former Packer running back, Super Bowl forty five champion Ryan Grant now joining us. Ryan, how you been, pal? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? We're doing really, really well. Um, so i got to ask you first and foremost, what you see out of this offense yeah, my assumption is is very different from what you saw when you were here and winning Super Bowls, but uh, but but give me give me your thoughts as a running back looking at things from say Aaron Jones's perspective at this point. Uh, well, I'd I like things. I I would like what I see. Um, you know, a little different, of course, from last year. Uh, some I'd say moving parts uh, with David being. Uh, is David, is David still hurt? Yeah, David is still – well, hopefully he's back this weekend. But, yeah, he did not play yeah, against so uh, he hasn't hurt. Yeah, so, you know, I think um, a, few, a few different things, a little moving parts. Um, and I don't think they've been able to get him in as much of a rhythm. Uh, but that's the – really that's been based upon circumstance of where the games have gone, uh, the way Aaron. But I I still like what I see in regards to what they have going on. You know, I think they, they do some really nice packages with him uh, in and out of the backfield. Uh, 
Yeah, they got they got a really good going. <laughs> I think they have a good thing, and it would be great to see when guys are able to come back healthy. And I think try to make this these last eight games uh, really get in a groove and start firing on all cylinders the way they want to. Because as you know, they want to you know towards the end of the season, especially towards that fourth quarter, you want to start playing your best football. The uh, the 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 team itself, when you look at them compared to say the Buccaneers, and compared to the Saints, and compared to the Forty Niners, compared, you know, it, it seems like at least to me the NFC, the, the 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 cream of the crop in the NFC, all pretty much equal. There's not a whole lot. There's nobody that's just standing out that says we're the most dominant team in the NFC. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. At this point in time, I think every team has shown they have strengths. Uh, some teams might have some more quote-unquote glaring weaknesses but for the most part the teams that are upper tier are are solid you know i don't like you said i don't no one has stared out and say oh we don't have any uh deficiencies you know we're kind of we can just roll through and dominate everybody which i think is really good because (laughs) it gives you a good opportunity to go in and feel like uh with everything the packers have weapon wise game plan wise coaching wise i think they can go in and really um, stake their claim for anything. It's kind of it's, it's up in the air right now, so I'm I'm excited for them. How vastly different is it when you look at the team that you played with, when you had Jordy and you had Greg and you had Donald and you had James and you had Jermichael and you, I mean, there was a load of weapons there. And obviously, James Starks behind you ran extremely well when you got to the postseason. And there was a and and what Aaron's doing now and the way they're doing it now is it somewhat surprising that the offense has been this good. Not really. Uh, I think Coastal Floor, I like the way Coastal Floor has, has done a great job of mixing things up, of getting guys in different positions. And I, I think that, you know, different roles now. Uh, Aaron's a different, has a different role in regards to being the really, really vet, old vet, and the guy that kind of just helps some of the younger guys come along. And guys are stepping up. You know, we had a lot of veterans, a lot mm-hmm. of guys who were, quote unquote, the older guys. And, we kind of policed ourselves, so it's it's a it's just different. It's just a very different situation. The offense is is has a different foundation to it. Uh, we knew what our foundation was, and that was really Aaron, uh, A. Rod. And I think this offense is, even though it's it's based around Aaron, it's really it's foundationally very flexible, you know. Um, yeah. And I like what I see. So yeah, it's, it's just very it's just different. Uh, different coach, uh, different ideologies. So. It's, it's, it's interesting to watch, and I, I enjoy it, especially as a running back because I like what they so- do. When you look at this uh, at the running back position, because we know the Packers, and, and you know the business side of the Packers, when, when the Packers yeah. have contracts coming up, you've got David that's coming up, you got Aaron's coming up, Jamal's coming yeah. up, Corey's coming up. You know, it, it is a guy that's been in that locker room. What do you? Pri- I mean, obviously, you look at yourself and you want to say I'm the most valuable guy here. But what do you yeah. prioritize when it comes to? Because you finally got a secondary. That's a that's a really locked down secondary. You finally got yeah. a running game. You finally got a a, a lockdown. Uh, you know, all pro tackle. You've got a center. You've got I me. Mean, so, what do you prioritize? I think they prioritize this time around. I think they will prioritize secondary uh, because that can be hard to come by. Um, unfortunately, it, it, it hurts my heart. I just don't think people prioritize backfields. And, and I'm not saying that it's the right or wrong thing to do because I don't necessarily agree with it in many ways. But um, it's just the nature. If you look around the league, you can find um, 
quote-unquote cheaper, uh, less expensive guys um, that can fill roles. And especially with the way today's backs and running backs are coming out and being able to develop younger guys, um, whether it be from college or just development guys, I think you can you can find guys. A lot of a lot of backs are coming out now and able to come out the backfield and do certain things. So I love Jamal. I really do. I, I think he's great for the team in regards to his energy. I think he brings a spark, um, different style than Aaron Jones, and I, I really think he's common. But I don't know if that makes the uh, if it's prioritized when it comes down to it. Of course, I think David's going to be prioritized because he's the staple of that line. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard for to take because I actually, you know, because I have someone understanding how the, how the uh, organization goes. Uh, but hopefully, Goody does something different and just shocks us all. Um, I want to ask you as a player. Um, and by the way, we're talking with Ryan Grant, the former Packers running back and part of the Super Bowl Forty Five Championship team. So, as a player, and you know your contract's coming, and you know somewhere, whether it's here in your own backyard or somewhere else, you're going to get paid. Yeah. How much do you personally look at it and say, do I go here for, say, we'll just say $10 million a year, or do I stay here where I'm comfortable, I've excelled, uh, for, say, $8 million? I mean, and over the period of four years, it's a total of $8 million. I mean, how much do you prioritize the atmosphere, the culture, the winning for getting paid in a somewhat unknown situation elsewhere? That's a, that's a very personal thing. Um, it's personal to the, the individual. It's personal to the position. Uh, running backs don't last long. So it's a very different conversation, in, you know, on right. average. So it's a very different conversation for that as opposed to a tackle, you know, as opposed it is, it's just a very different, there's, there's different things at stake, you know, and I would never say, hey, take the money or, you know, stay in a particular, I'm going to say, hey, look at what you value and what you prioritize. And that should be able to help you with your answer. Because some people in a particular point in their career, somebody who's their first two years have played with New England and just won <laughs> and gotten accolades. You know, let's right. say somebody in their first two in their first four years got two rings with New England, you know, but they're not really mm-hmm. getting the opportunity they want. They might want to go right. somewhere else and make a, make a major name for them. You know, I don't know. Uh, and in the same breath, I, re- I do recognize that what we had in Green Bay is a very unique and awesome situation that you don't see in a lot of organizations. So you go somewhere else, you get paid somewhere else, and then you see, oh, what I had was really good. And you'd be willing to, <laughs> you know, sacrifice that because of the culture. So it's a, it's a, it's a and also, you know, state tax where that what that looks like and you know expenses and everything so it's a, it's a there's so many things that come on the table and that play into that conversation and that uh that decision but it's it's very personal but there are a lot of things that play into it it's definitely not just a, oh go this way or go this route not at all that's a little deeper because i don't i don't hardly ever hear a player talk about well state tax and where they're living and call you know it, it's usually it's just whoever has the most money and the biggest deal that's where guys go and not, and it's me, it, it not, not it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 interesting when you look uh, when you listen to that. Hey, before I let you go, got to ask you guys got a big win uh, out of your Fighting Irish over Clemson. So uh, so to talk yeah. a little bit about that, about uh, a little bit of breathing space now when you talk about the Final Four when it comes to uh, the uh, college football playoffs. Yeah, that's big. Uh, all Notre Dame fans, uh, that was that was big for us. Uh, I was glad for them to finally get that 
big win that we've been looking for over the past four years or <laughs> four or five years. But uh, uh, I was impressed. Um, I was absolutely impressed with Clemson's <laughs> quarterback to be able to come in and do what he did as a young guy. But um, right. it was impressive. Well, hopefully that um, everything hopes out in regards to, you know, virus and just keeping everybody safe with what happened at the end of the game. But I'm, I'm glad I look forward to those guys stepping up and um, and doing what they need to do week, uh, these next few weeks to uh, hopefully put them in the best position with that college. But it was it was impressive. Ryan, great stuff as always. Good to talk to you again, my friend. Don't be such a stranger. We'll talk again soon. And uh, and hang in there. Let us know if you got anything going on. If you ever want to come on, the door's always open, okay? All right. Appreciate it, Bill. All right. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Ryan Grant, former Green Bay Packers running back, Super Bowl Forty Five champion. Some really good stuff. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Grant 25, at Ryan Grant 25. And that's just some things to think about when you get into deeper conversation. I, I, I love that stuff. Love to get into the mind just to, because we think it's so easy. And there's more to it than just saying, yeah, well, I'll sign for the money. It's no big deal. It happens a lot because we're, you know, that's what we're accustomed to. But just interesting to listen to getting into the mind of somebody who's been there, done that. He joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. I saw the GM. They're uh, they're going to release that new electric Hummer, and I saw some video of that, and, and it's an expensive beast. It's It looks awesome. Uh, but why do people drive EVs, electric vehicles? Why is there going to be a Hummer electric truck? For my money, look, I can own what I've always owned, a regular truck, and I can get 85% of the emissions-cutting benefits just by using E85 because my truck is also a flex-fuel vehicle. That's right. I can get 85% as environmentally responsible uh, by using E85 compared to spending six figures on, on the Hummer EV. 85% of the benefit. That's half the money as well. So for all of you out there in kind of the Bill Michaels universe, if you know what I'm talking about, uh, give E85 a shot in your flex fuel vehicle. Or, okay, listen up, if you have a car newer than 2001, you can probably run unleaded 88 and still save money and still burn less fossil fuel. And if you need more information um, when you talk about why ethanol in your fuel is better for everybody, visit abetterfuel.org. That's abetterfuel.org. Dot org. It's really an easy decision when you think about it locally for the farmers and such. And uh, because it really does, like a ripple on a pond, spread out to the farmers, the refinery workers, the dispensaries. Go to abetterfuel.org for more information. That's abetterfuel.org. And don't miss this chance to be an advocate for the farmers right here in our own backyard. Go to abetterfuel.org. Coming up next, going to talk about this Packers offense. What do you like about it? Where would you put it in relation to the rest of the offenses in the NFC? Also, coming up, bottom of the hour, in addition to our guest list today, Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook. Going to talk about the coaching staff and the announcement of who's going to be and not going to be on the coaching staff and talk about Devin Williams, the rookie of the year. So we got some Brewers, uh, Brewers news coming up here at the bottom of the hour as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. 
Hopefully you're enjoying the day-to-day, getting you ready for the weekend. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. So the Green Bay Packers offense, okay, and we've been talking about it all day, uh, a very solid offense, right? And when you go by the grades and you start to look, obviously Seattle is good, Tampa Bay is good, New Orleans is good. Uh, you can say uh, Pittsburgh is up there, uh, Kansas City obviously up there. I think Tennessee is really good. Uh, surprisingly, when you go by the grades in Pro Football Focus, um, the Indianapolis Colts are tied with the Packers at number five overall. Now, it's just some percentage points that actually make one better over the other. But when it comes to total offense, total offense, the number one offense, even after this weekend, the number one offense in the National Football League is the Seattle Seahawks. The number two offense is the Green Bay Packers. Believe it or not, because their running game has become so prolific, the Minnesota Vikings have vaulted up to number three offensively, followed by Tennessee, Buffalo, Kansas City, then Cleveland, New England, believe it or not, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and then the Rams. So that's the way things kind of shape up. When you think about it, the more prolific offenses, yeah, you think of the Packers and you think of the Seahawks. Obviously, Buffalo and Tennessee, they're able to run the ball. Josh Allen's playing extremely well in Buffalo. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, that's a no-brainer. Tom Brady, Drew Brees. But when you think of now the best passing offenses, the number one passing offense, passing now for everything, out of the entire National Football League, grade-wise, via premium stats of Pro Football Focus, is the Green Bay Packers. Packers rank number one, Seattle number two, then Tampa Bay and Kansas City, followed by Buffalo, and then some surprises. Passing offense. Atlanta at number six, Houston at number seven, Minnesota at number eight, Tennessee at number nine, and New Orleans at number ten. Pittsburgh sitting at number 12, by the way. The reason you've got Atlanta and Houston there is because they've had to throw the ball so much to either get a lead and lose it or to come back in ball games. That's the reason they've been more prolific. Just think about that, though. So then you talk about running the football. Okay, now this is where things get a little bit different. Minnesota is number one, and obviously what Dalvin Cook has done this season has been nothing short of phenomenal. Tennessee Titans with Henry at number two. The Rams at number three. San Francisco, even though they've been dropping steadily, sitting at number four. Cleveland at number five. Las Vegas at number six. This is what shocked me. The Cle- or excuse me, the, uh, the Chicago Bears at number seven. Followed by Arizona, Seattle, Carolina, and New Orleans rounding out the top ten. And the Green Bay Packers running the football. Running the football, ranked 23rd. They ranked 23rd. And when you talk about the best run-blocking offenses, now this is where it's somewhat surprising. And it might just be because they don't run it nearly as much. 
But the Packers' run-block offensive line ranks fifth overall in the National Football League. Go figure that one. Ranks fifth. The running backs rank less, but the overall rank by the run-blocking is number five for the Packers. Their pass blocking, so their offensive line actually playing very admirably. We know that. The the pass blocking for the Packers offensive line, third rank in the National Football League. Third. So when you look at overall and overall performance, yeah, the Packers are still up there. Their offensive line has been good. Their pass game is good. Their pass blocking has been really, really good. Their receivers have been okay. Take Devontae Adams out of the mix, and they really drop it. They rank 18th overall with Devontae in the mix. Without Devontae in the mix, they rank right around 29th, which we knew that was an issue. But you just when you get a chance to really look at all of this and, and absorb some of these statistics to see how good or bad or, or average they are, Packers are above average very much offensively. Defensively now, that's a different story. Because the number one defense in the National Football League are probably what you expected, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. And then you look for the Packers. They're not terrible. They're ranked 19th overall. They're not terrible. But it's just some things to think about, some things to look forward to. Let's do this. Speaking of looking forward to this, I've been looking forward to this for the last couple of days. Coming up next, Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook is going to join us. We're going to talk about Devin Williams, the rookie of the year. We're going to talk about some of the coaching staff changes, and we're going to talk about uh, the, uh, the the season that was and what to look forward to coming in the next season as well and how different this season was inside those clubhouses. Chris Hook, the Brewers pitching coach, he is going to join us next on the Bill Michael Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. Thanks so much. Our buddy Steve, listening to us in Ridgefield, said, I, for one, am looking forward to this weekend in sports. Always love watching the Masters. We'll be interested to see Augusta without fans and spring foliage. I'm also looking forward to seeing uh, Bucky back in action. And uh, I've heard correctly, Graham Mertz will be able to play. So that's good news. That's our buddy Steve in Ridgefield. Uh, PSA, please advise listeners to watch the road closely. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of deer running around out there. Steve, you are correct. You are correct. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Brewers pitching coach, our good friend Chris Hook, joining us now. Chris, how you been? Good, Bill. How are you doing? We're doing extremely well. Hey, congratulations, man. Your guy Devin Williams winning Rookie of the Year. That had to be a nice feather in your cap. Yeah, it was, it was good news to hear that. I know uh, speaking with Devin over the past couple of days, he wasn't sure how it would go, but uh, we're, we're really happy as an organization. It's an organizational award. This guy came up through our organization, and, you know, we developed him. We stuck with him. And, and of course, Devin has put a lot of hard work in as well. But we're just we're just over the moon uh, with, the, with the choice. So how weird of a year – just take us inside the clubhouse. How weird of a year was this for you guys? It was really weird. I mean, you know, we talk about – you know, I think yesterday someone mentioned about, you know, the beginning of spring training. Now, you think about it, we build up for spring training. We've, we've got our guys – acclimated and ready and we're halfway through and then we stopped and we don't know when we're going to start again. I mean, I think it was just more of a mental grind uh, as far as just 
prepping yourself for whatever the season was going to be. We didn't know how many days. We didn't know how to get ready. And we did our best to kind of get our guys ready to go, and obviously it went, went fairly well for us. But uh, that was more of the challenge. And then going through the everyday hassle or, or safety precautions, which our guys, our, our medical staff did an incredible job with, just like the testing every day to take you to the temperature prior to getting to the park, getting getting uh, temperature checked again. It was just there were a lot of lot of hoops to go through on an everyday basis before we even got on the field. So that was a challenge. Uh, it was a mental grind more than anything. But uh, again, our guys, uh, our medical staff did a tremendous job of keeping us healthy throughout the year. It was so weird when you go back to the beginning, and I was out at spring training, and you go from that the announcement of uh, of Christian Yelich's contract. We were all there for that that weekend, and then right after that is when word came out that we're shutting things down, the NBA shut down, and it was so strange because I remember trying to get out of Phoenix and I couldn't get a flight out. Flights started to cancel because of this, and then as we right. went back to the clubhouse. Nobody could come in. They couldn't talk to us. You couldn't. You didn't want to approach anybody in a parking lot. We were waving it. It was such a really weird, surreal time, like you said. And then you it, and everything's up in the air. You just didn't know. It was mentally hard. Right. I think more so than physically hard. Yeah, it was. That was a kind of a weird night. I remember being in uh, over in Glendale for the Dodgers game, and Freddie just <clears throat> threw, uh, I believe, four shutout innings and performed really well against the Dodgers. We were really excited. And then the news kind of started leaking out about the NBA canceling. And it was the next day, I think we had a team meeting and we talked about, hey, these are the things that are going on. And then we had another one. And then by that time, we were gone. <laughs> it just right. happened so fast. And again, I think that's really tough because you're start, we were really close here. We were, you know, 10, to, uh, 10, 10 days to two weeks out from the start of the season. And it's like you're trying to get there. And then all of a sudden, this happens. You're like, I mean, everything was up in the air. So. Again, it was a challenge, and I, I think that our guys as a group, uh, you know, as a team and as a pitching staff, I think we did an extremely good job with it, and, and everyone stayed positive through the whole experience. And I think we're going to grow from it. And I'm sure we'll have some sort of these protocols as we go forward, and we'll be ready for it, and, and it won't be that big of a deal. Talking with uh, pitching co- Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Uh, obviously, a year in which you saw most likely the end of uh, a career in Ryan Braun. Uh, obviously, guys, you know, the full team won't be back together again. Even some of the coaching staff and some of the support staff, guy like Marcus Hanel, not back together again. Guys don't get a chance to say goodbye to fans and things like that. That, that had to be somewhat tough, too. Yeah, it change is always tough. And, and, and like you said, I, I – you know, the Ryan Braun thing, of course, Marcus is being as involved as he is with the community. I mean, just to be able to have those goodbyes and having those clear-cut moments, it's, it's helpful. Uh, but I, I think, you know, those guys are so entrenched with the community. They know how much that the, the player and the staff care about the fans, but I think they'll, they'll feel that love coming from the fans one way or the other. But, yeah, there's always, always changes, and they're always hard. Uh, no matter what happens, but uh, those guys have been such an integral part of the organization for so long, and and have put so much time and effort, and and still a lot of love in this organization. So we're so blessed to have had them. When you talk about coaching staff changes, is that a how big of a deal is that? Because I know everybody talks about hitting and pitching, and you know every time a guy gets thrown out of the plate, they want to get see the third base coach run out of town. But really, there how much of a, of a because like a defensive coach has to be good with his coordinators and then with his assistants, whereas opposed to baseball, 
you've got your your subsidiaries that you have to deal with, but how much do you guys have to collaborate together for, say, game plans or for things to specifically work on? Well, it's a lot of collaboration from from. Uh, I mean, we start talking about spring training come into into December, January. So it starts from that, getting our guys prepped and ready, and then it continues throughout the year. So there's always a collaboration. You know, if you're talking with the, the base running coach, hey, how are we going to hold these guys on? He helps me with our guys. I mean, it kind of kind of just kind of intertwines with everyone. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of communication throughout the year. We're together. I mean, a lot. So this has to be this has to be a team within a team, and part of that is the culture that we create within our own coaching staff. So it is really important. And obviously, whenever you get somebody new and you plug them in there, you hope that they fit well. And I think that's part of, you know, when David and, and Counts and Matt start choosing those people, it's important that they plug into our system and our group very well. Now, you talked about bringing guys up through your system and kind of a culture. One of the things that I thought was most impressive, and I go back years ago when the Cubs went to the World Series and they brought in all their scouts and all their all their, their coaches and their entire minor league system, and they wanted to make sure that there was one message throughout the entire organization. And I know the Brewers were kind of doing that with David Stearns. Has that, has that now matriculated down to the minor league system where there is one message, one mission statement, basically, as the Milwaukee Brewers move forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been. Uh, I think that has been trending that way since Counts took took the helm. And I think there's just like any time that our guys come up to the. I mean, and I think that's a message that's, that's been uh, talked about in spring training every year. David says, "Hey, we're going to need fifty of you. We're going to have to have fifty guys contribute to our club every year." And I think it's shown. I mean, think about all the younger guys that come through our system that are ready to perform. And I think that's a big part of that is just being comfortable. Our guys have to know that, man, we want them to do well. We have to give them a platform to do well. And we've got to put those pieces in place so when they have this onboarding effect that they feel good about, hey, man, I belong here. I know what I need to do. I know my game plan concepts. Uh, I, I feel really good about being here and performing well. And I think that's what you're seeing uh, in general as our young guys come up. They're very comfortable with our group. There's not – you know, I think back in the days of me and Carsey coming up in the mid '90s, it was just different to kind of have your earn your earn your keep. Uh, hey, kids, stay down there with us. So I think there's more of a integration of, hey, you belong here. We need you, and it's important as you contribute to our uh, to our club throughout the year. So I think that's something that David brought in, and obviously counts has really hammered home. Uh, and, and we we're already starting to do that for next year. I'm talking with Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook. With the reduction in the size of the minor leagues, what does that do to baseball's depth and pull in general, do you think? Well, it's so hard. I mean, number one, you can't evaluate. Uh, I mean, our guys were at the uh, alternate site, and obviously there's a lot of growth there in a lot of ways, but, you know, we don't know the talent they went up against. So, you know, some of those get, some of those Triple A pitchers were pitching against A ball guys. Some of some of the A ball guys are facing uh, big league guys that have had Triple A experience. So, I think the evaluation part of that is is really really tough uh, because he had such a wide base at the alternate site. But I mean, you know, those guys are not getting the reps. I mean, that's I mean, a minor league season is a grind as well, and to got to see what at the end the development of that player over a course of 140 games is really really important. Uh, so not to get some of that or lose some of that development time is going to be intriguing as we go down the road here. 
So as you move forward and you try to evaluate talent, take a guy like the emergence of a guy like Corbin Burns. You bring these guys through the system. You watch them grow. At what point do you realize a guy gets it, that it just all starts to click? Can you see it as a coach that they're just an arm angle away or they're just a, a quicker snap on the wrist away from really getting to that next level? I think you get a sense of that. And as you know, for me, you know, I spent 12 years at the minor league level and obviously played myself, but you start getting a sense that this guy's really close to being the big league level. You know, uh, I bring up a guy like Brent Suter and I'm watching him like, gosh, you know, at the double A level, he's not giving up any hard contact, but here's a guy that's kind of not a typical big league guy. I always feel like you need to kind of go through the levels to see if it works guy like Corbin, yeah, man, he's missing a lot of bats. I still like to see it at the next level. So you still you have a sense of that they're ready, uh, but you still like them to go through the levels just to kind of confirm your eyes uh, and obviously get to the big league level, which is the final step, and see how that kind of uh, equals out up there as well. So, yeah, I think the minor leagues really help you, and you have a sense as a coach. And, and the, more, the more reps you've seen, uh, it becomes a little easier. But the minor leagues do have a, a, an important part of their developmental process. Hey, before I let you go, now moving forward, you said you guys right around the end of December going into January, you're going to start to get together. Do you have a sense as to what this upcoming season is going to look like? I mean, there's a lot going on before you even get to that point. I understand that. But do you, do you get a sense as to what this season is even going to look like? You know, I, I, I think that we're going at it that it's going to be normal for right now and see how we as we progress towards that 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 starting point we'll have a better idea but for right now we're going at it as normal we're going to start february 14th and kind of see where we're at uh we we do know that those things might change but i think you have to be prepared for that that date just like when we went back from uh when we met at the alternate site you know it's like okay we have to have a date but we're not sure the date is i think we have to look to february 14th as our starting date and getting ready for a full season uh, I did want to ask you real quick. Corey Knable came back from injury, came back from surgery, worked himself back into shape, struggled somewhat, obviously. Talk about Corey real quick because I think there was way too much, much public expectation as to he was just going to come back in and be the back end of the bullpen guy and things were going to fall into place and how tough that is to come back from that type of an injury. Yeah, what an unfair year for Corey. I mean, this, I think that you know, as good as Corey is and what he has shown, our fans in baseball that, I mean, this guy's an elite closer and to then to, you know, go through a rehab process and not get a full rehab like uh, schedule per se against live competition and have to do that live against big league hitters. That's unfair, but it's just kind of how we had to do it last year. I thought you could, you started to see some of the real Corey as he started getting to the end of the year. Uh, things are starting to come together, but it's just unfair. I mean, I, I feel like, we go back and look at Adrian Hauser. We go back to look at Devin Williams in their period of rehab. You see those, those the ebbs and flows, the downs, the ups, and it just the season itself is always going to be inconsistent. Unfortunately, Corey had to do it at the big league level. I thought he performed really, really well for uh, to being in that state, and there's probably really good things happening for Corey here in the next year. Great stuff. Uh, Chris, appreciate your time. Congratulations to, uh, to Devin for getting the, uh, getting the award, and we look forward to talking to you guys down the road, okay? All right, Bill. Have a great offseason. You too, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is uh, Chris Hook. Chris Hook joining us, uh, the uh, pitching coach for the Milwaukee Brewers. 
and given us a little bit of insight as to what it was like this season and what it was like for not only Devin Williams and the emergence there, but some of the other guys, Corey Knable, obviously the pitching staff uh, changes, Marcus Hanel, uh, the bullpen catcher, longtime bullpen catcher, no longer with the team, and just uh, just how tough it is to you know kind of get past all of that uh, once you know the changes are made, and just interesting, interesting stuff. So uh, thanks to Chris Hook for joining us. For I've been wanting to get those guys on for a while, and glad he finally made it. And made it on the program. Uh, let's do this. He, by the way, he joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. The Badgers are top 10 in the first college AP basketball poll after what they did last year and the way they won the Big Ten before the season finally shut down. We'll talk some Badgers uh, basketball when we come back. Also, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders as well. If you are feeling sluggish, if you're feeling moody, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling tired, if you put on some pounds, they can help you with all of that. But you can't do anything if you don't call. Call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. One phone number. For all their locations, location Green Bay, Milwaukee, beyond the borders as well, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Let's talk some Badgers when we come back after the top of the hour. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is going to be here. Also, we're going to hear from Lucas Patrick, who's having a hell of a season from the Green Bay Packers. That's coming up. We have the Frenzy right around the corner. we got Brian Baldinger, our Radio.com Sports NFL Insider, is going to be here. we got a lot more. A long way to go on the Bill Michael Show right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers begin the second half of the regular season this week, hosting the struggling Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are 1-7, having lost seven in a row. The Packers had the weekend off after beating the 49ers last week. A lot of the players say they watched NFL. NFL games on their Sunday off, right guard Lucas Patrick. Had some time at home with my wife. We sat down, cooked some good food, and just took in a Sunday of football from the couch as a fan. And it was, it was there's some good football on, exciting games, some good situations to learn from. Of course, you know, some NFC teams played to our favor with some losses. But yeah, it was it was good to watch, good to kind of just sit back and be a fan for a day. The Saints blew out the Buccaneers in Tampa 38-3. Matt LaFleur was asked, how could the Saints, a team the Packers beat, do that to the Bucks, a team that beat the Packers so convincingly. You know, I I think that just goes to show you that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. It doesn't matter what the record is. It doesn't matter the circumstances around it. And you better be ready to play each and every time you go out on that field. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Friends over at Quick Trip reminding you they have some take, heat, and eat meals just like mom would make. Not bad at all. Stop out to Quick Trip. Use your Quick Rewards card. You're good to go. 
They have chicken uh, fettuccine Alfredo. They have got beef stroganoff. They have turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy stuffing. They have all kinds of meals. Just waiting for you. That chicken they have is fantastic. Use that quick rewards card and uh, get yourself some fill. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Badger basketball getting some nice recognition. How about that, huh? When uh, the preseason poll comes out, you look, and sure enough, right there. Right there, the Badgers getting some recognition. And uh, exciting. I mean, rightfully so when you talk about about, uh, the, the preseason, you know, poll. Badgers sitting at number seven in the AP Top 25. And Gonzaga number one, Baylor, Villanova, Virginia, Iowa, Kansas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Duke, then Kentucky, rounding out the top ten. So remember last year, they went on that run just before uh, the uh, the Big Ten tournament, before things got shut down by COVID. And they're getting uh, getting the kind of the nod of the head in their direction from the pollsters because of uh, their leadership. Uh, because of the players that they have. Uh, so Greg Gard, uh, while it was a little bit of a down year a couple of years ago, has really done a nice job in kind of putting this thing back on the tracks. And not that it was really ever off the tracks. He just had a lot of change. He had a lot of things going on. An assistant coach that loses his family due to a, a, a horrific car wreck. And you've got, you know, one of your lead recruiters, obviously. And then you've got, you know, some players that uh, wanted to leave. And you just, you just kind of got to wanted to wrap your arms around things. So, Nice job by the Wisconsin Badgers and Greg Gard getting that recognition. Now you just got to live up to it. Uh, Iowa, the only team in the Big Ten, ranked higher than them, obviously, sitting at number five, but Wisconsin coming in at number seven. Michigan State, by the way, one of the uh, the constants in the Big Ten, sitting at number 13. Some of the more notables, North Carolina at number 16. You've got, uh, say, Oregon at number 20, Florida State number 22, UCLA 22, I should say, Ohio State number 23, Rutgers and Michigan round out the top 25. So quite a few Big Ten teams there. So it should be a good season for Big Ten basketball. You just hope that they're able to able to complete it. Crossing your fingers. When we come back, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. We're going to talk with him about uh, the Packers coming back from their little mini, mini break. And getting you ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars as guys start to come back from injury. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show right around the corner right after this. Wisconsin wide. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 